You're listening to the Irish Times. It's Monday morning, Pat. What are we doing here? We're gonna. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't keep going. Seriously, what what are we doing here? I'm here to pay homage to Conor McManus. Yes, but we usually do that uh, on Fridays. Pray before the altar of I mean, uh, Conor McManus. Certainly people in Monaghan, that's what we do on Fridays. I assume Everybody so. gets off work early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ditches out, spends the afternoon hoping that he's all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> offering up <laughs> offering up food to him and whatever. All of that, yeah. We have uh, switched to Monday mornings, as uh, people can guess if they're listening to this. Um, we're not going to do Fridays anymore. We're, we're going to try it for the summer anyway and see how we get on. Uh, because we find that on Mondays there's an awful lot to talk about. Yeah. I.e. today. Exactly. Some brilliant GA over the weekend. Plenty and of, of course some brilliant rugby. So before. joining us to talk about it, well, Ian O'Reardon is here. Yep. How are you doing, hi, Ian? Hi, And Gavin Comiskey is going to talk to us about the rugby a little bit later on, but say hi, Gavin. Hello, hello. Um, it was chock full all weekend. I know it was very, I know you're very downhearted, Pat, after Tipperary maddened you again. Yeah, they did, all right. But, um, <laughs> you get over it. I guess we'll come to that. It, a lot of people were maddened by the fact that the game that you were at wasn't live on television. Indeed, they were. Most of them uh, were in the ground, uh, pissed off that they had to pay uh, <laughs> to get in rather than sit on their couch. The Ulster Council put up the ticket prices. I think they went up like by a fiver this year or something like that. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't pay into games, Pat. Oh, yeah. They, they pay me to go there. You're armchair typewriter type of, type of fan. Yeah. Um, it's a great game though. It was an absolutely brilliant game. Uh, or at least that's what it it looked like. Uh, well, both on the Sunday game last night and there was deferred coverage of it shown on BBC. I watched yeah. most of it there last night. But you thoroughly enjoyed it, yeah? It was terrific, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a long time... I, am, I haven't been as impressed with the Monaghan team as it was yesterday in such a long time. Like, they were, they were just so mature and really kind of experienced. I had a line in the paper today that at the end, uh, they had five over 30-year-old 30, 30 uh, players on the pitch. And Tyrone's oldest player at that stage was Matty Donnelly, who's 27. Like, And it was experience really counted at the end. Like Tyrone got a goal in the sort of injury time that just sort of made, a, made the scoreboard look good. But uh, it was a bit of a hiding at that stage. Like, uh, the team... The game did teeter, um, you know, 66 minutes, it was level. Tyrone had scored the last three points. Conor McAlisky, who was their best player by a mile in the day, had scored uh, a couple in a row, really good ones. And so the, it, it could have gone the other way. And I, I Monaghan have a bit of trouble with that. They, they definitely leave teams in games. Like, I don't, I think they would probably beat Fermanagh the next day, but I... I could see it with an hour gone being like a one a one score game because yeah. they don't really blitz teams but God they don't panic. They reacted every time they had to react yeah. didn't they? Yeah yeah they were really were like they were three points down in the first half and Tyrone were looking decent like they were scoring everything like the shooting actually was amazing like there was a big win but the teams only had nine wides between them all day like they I think Tyrone had four and Monaghan had five like the shooting was excellent Just looking at the stats Malachi, like you know 118 110 from play from, yeah. from Monaghan and then like last week at Donegal scoring 220 so mm-hmm. those two that must be something of a, a world record for opening games of the Ulster Football Championship That is definitely I checked it last night that's definitely the most Monaghan have scored against Tyrone I think since 1937 yeah, or something yeah, like that a massive score yeah look 
what they have and like it was clear I know the Sunday game went went deep on him last night Rory Began is an incredible weapon mm. to have um, like the one the one score he missed and I don't think they actually showed it on the, on the highlights uh, <laughs> like he's a short run up uh, yeah. but he started his run up on the 65 wow and it hit the top of the post and bounced down. Like, it was an extraordinary kick. Now, he had the wind behind him and all that. But, like, that really has to feed into how teams play against Monaghan, you know? Like, if if teams are worried about fouling a guy 60 yards out, then that's that's a huge mindset for uh, advantage for Monaghan. Yeah, but the possible exception of, well, for Mana, Armagh seem to be quite low scoring, but, I mean... That's that's uh, that's the Ulster football's you know reputation for being yeah. you know you know sort of like watching you know like watching um um you know paint dry or something like that. I mean, this is, these seem to be two very exciting games, neither of which were on television. I'm talking about the Donegal yeah. Cavan game the previous weekend, but yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. But I it's, guess so. Yeah, I, I like it's interesting. I'd be I'd be fairly wary though about the level that the Ulster teams are at. Yeah, you know, they're definitely when you when you get to to the this sort of Croke Park level like. I remember working it out last year. Eight of the nine Ulster teams last year got beaten in the championship by more than eight points. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they're for all this defensive football, they're still getting hidings. I, I just oh. don't think the the level is is really as good as 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 it has been. But um, but that's a decent Monaghan team. I'd I'd be worried for them. At what was near, Mickey near. Hart like after? Them? Mickey was all right, actually. He he had he had got out of his system. He had gone over and get gi- and given David Coldrick. Uh, yards of it because he thought that Peter Hart shouldn't have been sent off um, but Peter Hart should have been sent off like he gave Ryan Wiley a, like a punch in the kidneys yeah. and it was it was a red card all day and by the time he got around to talking to us uh, he had been told Alice Mickey that was a red card you you want to calm down he was even quite uh, very magnanimous Rory <laughs> Rory Began was um, was parachuted in as uh, as a uh, uh, Maria, goalkeeping coach for the under seventeen team during the week, and uh, had gone up to Healy Park and practiced his freeze up there uh, on the basis that oh yeah yeah I think Rory's the goalkeeping coach there and uh, and so we asked Mickey about this afterwards. Going is that uh, that a bit off now? Is that a bit kind of sharp practice? And to be fair to Mickey, he kind of went ah oh, geez I have no problem with that. In fairness, He's I think he didn't think of it. Himself. I'd say that's more or less it. He says look. The day on the days when matters, if he can practice it where he wants to practice it, and he's a great weapon to have. But yeah, it's great, great uh, result from Monaghan. In fairness, actually, because we mentioned Conor McManus I, on the Sunday game last night, um, Pat Spillane referenced the Joe Canning point last year as mm. being this was the equivalent of it. Pat's completely underplaying it because <laughs> well, what Conor McManus did was far harder. Conor McManus goes for an audacious attempt. What a score! Well, that is a point worthy of winning any football match. That is absolutely different class. Well, indeed. Because he was on, swinging from the wrong side of the pitch. like And on a much tighter angle. Much tighter angle. He hit it right from, yeah. from the wrong side. Like, he, what he was aiming at mustn't have been much wider than um, <laughs> the, the black spot almost. Yeah. Like, And for him to, to find it, it's an astonishing score. And it's almost his trademark. I told him afterwards he shouldn't be shooting from there. 
Well, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. I said, what are you at? Yeah. And he said, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was incredible. And it was just at exactly the right time because he didn't do an awful lot in the game. Like he he had tracked like three defenders each time. Now he did a great sort of off the ball stuff, but none of the Conor McManus stuff that people are always amazed by. But he uh, like he had a hand in like four or five other points making space for other players. But that was extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, Anybody else would be going, oh, what are you doing? But, um, yeah, real leadership at the end. Yeah. yeah. Ian, you were at another game that wasn't on television, but that turned out to be a bit of a barn burner down L- in Wexford. Leinster hurling, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, what can I say? I think we're, we're all kind of sort of quite excited by the new round-robin format mm-hmm. in Leinster and Munster. And I, I, think it, I think it's really taken off. I mean, just looking at the headlines, um, you know, Cork Clare shootout, Limerick tip, uh, strike late, then Dublin Wexford, like crazy sprint finish. I mean, three games that were really down to the wire um, and then obviously last Sunday you had Dublin against course, against yeah. Kilkenny. This was kind of the opposite yesterday, whereas Wexford were Wexford were setting the pace for a long time, and Dublin were hanging on, hanging on, and it looked like they were out of sight. And then they suddenly, out of nowhere, they found themselves in front. Um, literally on sixty nine minutes, they got two points in succession, and then out of nowhere, up pops. Rory O'Connor I think he's still only 19 maybe 20 in November and first of all he had a, a massive free to equalise and then out of nowhere he was back in his own inside his own quarter and hit hit the hit the winner and then Harry Keogh hit the, hit the guarantee point but great comeback for, for Wexford I think it would have been it would have been they would have been robbed if they'd lost that one you know as I say in contrast to Dublin last week where I think they felt like they were a bit robbed but uh I suppose in the bigger picture, it puts Pat Gilroy. I mean, he, you know, he could be sitting now in two nice wins, looking at a possible Leinster final spot. Instead, he's looking at a at that at that dreaded trapdoor, which I think is is very unfair. I mean, it's been it's been raised before by 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 Brian Cody last week that whoever whoever finishes last in the Leinster round robin um, competitions is relegated. Yeah, no- I was thinking about this over the weekend. It, it yeah, I. People need to stop bleating on about how unfair it is because, yeah, it's fine. Somebody's going to get relegated out of it. What people what is, people don't say as the next sentence to that is, yeah, they get relegated to the Joe McDonough Cup. Let's say Dublin go down to the Joe McDonough Cup and win it next year. They're straight into... They're one, they're one game short of True. the of the yes, All-Ireland yeah. quarterfinal. Yeah. Like, it's not like you go down there and you're, not, you're never seen again. Like they have as much of a chance uh, of playing in an All Ireland quarter final from there almost as they do from the Leinster yeah, Championship. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They'll sort out awfully, yeah. won't they? In Sunday week, they're getting their week off now, aren't yeah, they? No, which I is agree. crucial. Yeah. Oh, Wexford are going three in a row, three weekends in a row. Yeah, they've to, they're at the next the next three weeks in a row. But I think one of the point was the only the only point that I think Brian Cody was making was it's, it's different to Munster. There's a different yes, rule well, for Munster. That you know, whereas the Munster players, yeah, right, they yeah. they actually have a playoff against whoever whoever they have to well, face. Kerry, um, if so Kerry wins, it's yeah. just I just think no, I agree, and I think I think I think if you stand back, it does kind of make sense. And and I think I think Gavin's right. I think I think Dublin probably will survive, but but. But it's been really exciting, and again, it's it's a little bit strange now, whereby we're coming to look at the stage now where Kilkenny are probably safe, so that if it comes into the last round, they will you know will they back off, and you know what what will that will mean in, in, in scoring difference? Because I think um, like Kilkenny obviously have to play Galway, so there's probably something to, still to play for there. But uh, now now like I mean, Kilroy's brought back obviously Keeney who was injured yesterday. Well, it was a mess for two years. He lost everyone, didn't he? Yeah, you know, I mean, Danny Sutcliffe, you know, probably the best hurler in Dublin was in, was playing in New York, and uh, but he seemed he's definitely got them. I just think that there, there might be a little bit too physical. I mean, they were conceding frees left, right, and centre. I mean, there's, there's you know, it's kind of that borderline between uh, between the neat and the the dirty. I think that they haven't quite got that right. Um, but he's definitely got them playing a style of hurling which will ultimately will suit Dublin.
Dublin. Like Dublin, are going to, they're never going to be the most skillful team in the world. But if they can, if they can get that mix of um, of physicality and skill, they'll come close. But but Wexford, I mean, Wexford are for probably still a young team, but like they're 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 big men. Like I mean, this guy O'Connor, I, mean, I saw him first year in the league, and I kind of thought. You know, he's very young. Like, will he, is, are they taking a bit of a risk here? But he was man of the match by 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 a considerable yeah. distance yesterday, which is an incredible thing for a nineteen-year-old. And how did uh, Wexford let them Dublin back into it? Yeah, well, there was, there was a soft goal about the sixty minutes. A um, couple of rebound shots. Again, it was a very rare lapse in the in the in the in the, in the, in the Wexford defence. I think I think Damien Reck might have spilled the ball, or even Ryan wounded him, and suddenly up, up popped um, Paul Ryan to knock it into the net. And so that that gave Dublin, and then right on the back of that. Danny Sutcliffe and Liam Rush hit up hit points, so suddenly, suddenly out of nowhere they're in front. But um, yeah, good question. I think I think Wexford they had they missed at least two goal chances, like one on one goal chances that they just couldn't quite finish. So they should have been out of sight. But it's a classic example of Dublin just hung in there. But a bit like Kilkenny last week, um, you know, if, if you you know you just if, if Dublin they just I think they lacked that little bit of focus in the end. And it's funny I could see. When 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 Sutcliffe hit his hit his hit the hit his what looked like the winner that was like sixty nine minutes going on seventy he did that classic like point to the helmet like everyone focus and I think the next ball like uh, uh, Wexford won it like so that they just seemed to lack that that ability to really you know whereas that had been a Kenny you might have thought they would have they would have won the next ball but to answer your question Gavin yeah I think Dublin are definitely going the right direction it's a pity because I think they they probably deserve to have one win out of out of those two games which would have made it exciting for the next couple of weeks but instead they're, they're it's basically survive now against against Offaly. Yeah, that's all they really have left. I, I know, like Gilroy was saying, that they're they're still in with a shout for a third, but that would mean they'd have to beat Galway, I, I guess. Yes, yeah. He said he did say suggest that it could come down to that game to be something left to play for there. And um, but I think it's great. I mean, it's it's still it's still slightly. I mean, you mentioned like Wexford are out of the next three weeks in a row, which is hard. Like, I mean, it's it's <laughs> you know, like these championship games, like there there is an intensity about them which is different to the league. Absolutely, I mean, just. Yeah. Even from a working point of view, like I can see for the players, like by the time they do the interviews and everything, like no one's, we didn't leave, I didn't leave Wexford Park last night till eight o'clock. And by the time the players get home and whatever they, whatever, you know, post recovery thing, and suddenly it's Monday, Tuesday, and they're getting ready for a game again. So it's, it's, it's going to be very testing. And that's why I think it's possibly whoever does play those four weeks in a row, it's, it's, it's a bit unfair. Wexford added much from last year. Rory O'Connor, I guess, is the, is the big sort of addition. Yeah, yeah, da- Damien Reck, I think that was Damien his first Re- of course, cha- cha- championship missed, game. He missed a lot last year through, through injury. Yeah. Uh, he's only very young, Damien Reck. I think yes. He's only 19, 20. And I think he was coming through in the league last year because of a bad injury and missed yeah. the whole of the summer. Yeah. Exactly. And then, um, I mean, you know, I think, uh, yeah, but I mean, obviously you got you got, you got like guys like, I mean, Conor McDonald didn't score yesterday, but he was involved in a lot of play. Sean Murphy's got that sweeper roll down to a key. I mean, he was there just when they needed him most. You know, so defensively, they're really well set up. They just, they just seem to have this... Um, they just seem to have this uh, this this sort of telescopic um, um, you know vision between, between each other, like the way they, the way they play the ball. Like it's really, really they very rarely miscue miscue shots. And um, I'm looking at the wide count. Okay, four in the second half compared to Dublin's five, six, or seven. But uh, I definitely think you know I definitely think we were joking about we were joking about Davy Fitz and whether he was he'd held back a little bit towards the end of the league. It's possibly looking like that now. I'd say if you put if you put Kilkenny in against Wexford now, it'll be much different, mm. much different ball game than a few weeks ago. I think something else that they've added is how they've their game management was really good. Everybody was really impressed, obviously, by Rory O'Connor's ninety meter point, and it was superb. But Sean Murphy picked up a break behind Liam Ryan and Liam Rush, and he was on his own thirteen meter line, and he arrowed a ball straight down the centre of the pitch, um, about thirty five meters to Rory O'Connor, and to have the gumption to do that in injury time in a game that he was seemed to be possibly getting away that like that was a superb pass mm-hmm. and that was what tilted the game and then Dermot O'Keefe did a sensational break out of defence to set up uh, 
was it? Harry, Harry Kyo, yeah, point. exactly. exactly. Like, quality. Yeah. He's absolute okay, quality. Like, and it, it, the switch hand pass that he did at the end of that run was absolutely perfect. And it was just perfect game management and perfect cam yeah. uh, kind of clear sightedness that they showed in an end game. I exactly. thought that was very impressive. This was all in the last three minutes of injury time. You know, and I, I actually used that line photo finish. It was almost like, who won that? It was such a mad dash for the line. And you're going to have to check and see, you know, how did they actually get, get to the finish line first? And, uh, and again, like if Dublin had that little bit of, I don't know what the word is, like, you know, that something like that to kind of just like focus out. They, they probably would have won, certainly against Kilkenny last week, and they possibly could have won yesterday, but instead they're looking at two defeats from two. We will move on to sad times for Pat. Sean Moran joins us now on the line. Sean, you were at uh, Tipperary's uh, Apocalypse in Limerick uh, yesterday. Um, in, uh, in 30 words or less, what the hell happened to Tipperary? You can use more than 30 words, obviously. Tipperary seemed to me to be under uh, pressure from the start with their, their selection, their, uh, you know, the, the, the accuracy of their, their forwards kept them afloat for a while, but realistically, Limerick seemed to have the upper hand for most of the, most of the match, and they eventually made a tell on the scoreboard at the, at the very end. So, yeah, it was very disappointing for Tip. Sean, the Limerick half backline, Dermot Burns and Declan Haddon were superb, but they they were strong all over the pitch. They're a really well drilled looking team under John Kiley at the moment, aren't they? They have a particular they are, they, way. They have good strength in, in depth as well, Pat, because you could see, you know, when when Tipperary brought on some of their big uh, subs uh, in the in the final quarter and it just got the goal, you, you thought uh, maybe the momentum of this is now switching back towards Tipperary but in fact the impact off the Limerick bench uh, was fairly serious as well I and mean, I thought Mike Casey did well coming into the, the full back line which had been a, a little bit uh, uh, jittery at times um, obviously Barry Murphy got got the goal I thought they really supplemented the, the effort well and they, they, they stopped Tip getting momentum out of the, the Jason Ford goal and the, and the Noel McGrath points that, that followed. And I, I, I mentioned it, but the stat to me, which, which, which really stood out, was in the last, last 10 minutes, uh, just after Tip had hit the front, uh, they were outscored 1-5 to a point, you know, which was, uh, it, 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 was a, it was a very poor conclusion to, to, to the match for, for, for Tipperary and a very strong one for, for, for Limerick, whose accuracy improved during the match as well. And you would look back at it and say, yeah, they, they've positioned themselves uh, quite well now after the, the first round of matches. Tipperary have, have started summers slowly plenty of times in the recent past, and it... I always think like a, a, a defeat to Tipperary seems to um, seems to explode far worse than it than it does in other counties. Like you know the the, the weeping and gnashing of teeth seems a lot more protracted. Um, but I, and yet here they are again. Nobody knows what is in store for them. Nobody is particularly even sure of what team they'll be playing from now on. It's a, it seems to be a bad situation for them. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I take the point that you know they have in the past. I mean. Losing to Limerick in the first match is, is nothing new. It's, it's happened a couple of times in, in recent years. Uh, but the dynamics of the current championship are, are different, as we know. And whereas in the past, you get beaten in, in the first round, you can travel the highways and the byways of the qualifiers and kind of represent yourself late, later in the summer. If the round robin goes wrong, and by going wrong, I mean for the teams that don't finish in, in the top three, uh, you know, it's over. Um, and, and that's a fairly sobering uh, thought for, for, for 
for Tipperary. Previously as well, when you get beaten in the first round, you can kind of play yourself back into it um, because the chances are the, the qualifier draw will, would throw up uh, more easily manageable opponents. And of course, it doesn't always because it gave them Kilkenny in 2013. But in general, uh, you know that that, that 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 was an option. With, with this, they're going straight on the back of a you know disappointing result into playing a, a fairly buoyant Cork in a week's time and you know if, if that were to go wrong the pressure would re- really be on them so uh, it is a, it is about momentum this and the, the teams that get off to, to a winning start um, will be you know uh, very well set up going in, into the second matches but I, I, I think for Tipperary because it's coming on the back of a very disappointing league final uh, as well that there there are now problems for them and, and of course the, 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 their injury situation d- didn't help uh, yesterday either and you could see you know Seamus Callan made his, his reappearance uh, to, towards the end of the match but looked like you know he'll he, he'll take a bit more work before he gets up to, to up to speed and uh, it's 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 quite uh, it's quite critical now for, for for Michael Ryan how he handles the the coming match. Sorry, Sean, you mentioned pressure there and just listened to you talking about Michael Ryan and the fact that he didn't talk to the media afterwards. Now, there's some confusion whether this was decided in advance or post-defeat or whatever, but surely that brings more attention and with that more pressure and more, more you know, more sort of like a, more weight on his shoulders. What, what's, your, what's your reading on that? I mean, were you surprised that he's taken this decision not to, not to comment at all after games? Yeah, I was, we were very sur- surprised. Um, Michael Ryan's normally a fairly affable uh, presence uh, after after matches, and it was kind of a shock to hear that he wasn't going to talk to anyone. He wasn't going to talk to anyone until after the round robin was was finished. As, as someone quipped, it might be finished for Tip a lot quicker than he might have expected. But uh, I don't think it's a good sign. Yes, um, you've got to come out and 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 account for it. I mean, it's not just. It's not just the the meat. I mean, look, as one as one colleague said, he'd be glad if no one ever came out of dressing room with yes. these matches, yeah. uh, and because it would, it would cut it all out. But to an extent, you're communicating with the supporters as well and saying what you think went wrong, and agree with you. And I think it just it 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 might have seemed a, a good thing to do at the the time, like it just didn't want to talk to anyone. But it always plays out uh, worse. In, in public when when it's happened mm. and uh, I, I don't know if they regret it now but it definitely focuses attention on the fact that things didn't go well for Tip and they've done something like this and does this mean the pressure is is mounting so we, I suppose we'll know in the, in, in the fullness of, of time but you know from the sports point of view they'd like to hear something about it from the you know the sponsors would also like to uh, get you know the coverage that comes with that so uh, it's not not unique. I mean, Michael Ryan didn't didn't invent this as a as a strategy, but I think it's a curious one for Tipperary. Sean, I think um, one of the things that was exercising Tipperary fans was watching a team that didn't have a discernible style of play, especially when you see like their monster rivals, who very much so do. Even Cork yesterday, Cork uh, had a, such an obvious puck out strategy. Well, not obvious, but such an obviously planned puck out strategy. I think Anthony Nash had a direct assist for like one three or something in the in the game. Whereas Tipperary seemed to have no puck out strategy and their kind of team plan appeared to be to land long balls in on the full forward line. It's it's a, getting to the point where people are finding that it's just too agricultural in the in the current game, isn't it? I, I would imagine, I mean, you know, you look at Tipperary uh, when they're going well and the strength of the Tipperary team is all the same as the forwards and their, their firepower and that. But I think you've also got to look 
at the selection and the fact that, you know, going into the championship, uh, Tip have, have issues at goalkeeper and fullback. You know, they made changes there after the end of the league. I mean, normally speaking, a team should know what, roughly what its championship selection is when, when, when the league is over. But instead of that, the league final uh, threw a spanner into the works for, for, for Tip. They, uh, they, they knew people in the positions they're saying. Uh, they have a new centre field uh, as well. I mean, with all those kind of really significant changes around the pitch, it's very hard to play, play to your strengths. Uh, and it did end up, yeah, that they were just trying to get, you know, the, the out balls up to, uh, up to the full forward. And, I mean, they, it, it, they cashed in for, for, for a while because, you know, the Limerick defending uh, lacks discipline at times and Jason Ford's free taking is so good and that but it was maybe just disguising the point you're making that, uh, that they don't really look like a well-oiled machine at the moment Well they'll be eating their young down in Tipperary for the rest of the week ahead of playing Cork on Sunday Sean thanks a million for that uh, Gavin is chomping at the bit here to get talking some rugby so we'll take a little sting and we'll be back after that The uh, rugby season is in its last knockings, Gavin. Comiskey is here to tell us about the semi-final on the weekend in the RDS. Um, Munster kind of just hung around. They, they munstered it until they couldn't munster it anymore um, and came up a point short, really. Yes, a fair enough, ass- fair enough assessment. That's, that's a good way of getting into the deep analysis of it. <laughs> uh, they really did hang on. I When... James Lowe ran over Simon Zebo and offloaded for Jack Conan's try early on. Um, I was sitting beside Billy Keane. I was in the overflow because of, of late accreditation. So basically in the stand, surrounded by Leinster people. You were among your people. Guys. And Billy Keane from Kerry. And Billy though. Keane but, from uh, Kerry. I, I turned around to him and I went, uh, yeah, Leinster are going to put 40 points on Munster here now. Um, and it really did look like that. And then Billy goes to me just before half time, he goes, they're tired. And they, I think he was right, Leinster are a bit wrecked. Mm. Um, like James Ryan wasn't the greatest second row of all time. He's probably only the greatest in the world at the moment. <laughs> you know, so, but he um, <clears throat> that's that's unacceptable now. Out of twenty-one-year-old James Ryan, who's never he, lost a he pro did game some, of rugby, he did some special things in this game. Um, there was there was a huge moment. 68, 69 minutes. Um, Leinster are thirteen-eight up. They can't get away from them. And um, see, uh, Keane Healy loses his brain and goes through on Conor Murray. Munster penalty, very kickable. The referee signals that they're going for posts. Leinster go back. Ian Keatley has the ball in his hands. And then something happens. And I've, I've tried to slow down the ref mics and listen in and all this. Keith Earls walks over and talks to Peter O'Mahony. Conor Murray says something. And O'Mahony turns around. And the ball goes from Keatley to Murray. And they don't go for goal anymore. Because it, it was such a tight little game. Easily, you get your two scores and you win the game and you ruin Leinster's season. They didn't do it. No, we're going to go to the line-out. And afterwards, Amani um, said, that's on me. We had the momentum. We're going to go for this. And so they go down in there. This is the whole monster doing what they do. Mm. Down to the line-out. Their best second row, who's now gone, is finally on the pitch, your man Grabler. Uh, they throw to him and James Ryan just gets up over a little tap down. And Murray still recovers. And who smashes him? James Ryan goes through Murray so then they're on the back foot they're still in the 22 they're still piling away and uh, Jan Klein there's so many South Africans in this monster team um, <laughs> Jan Klein comes through and James Lowe puts a great hit on him and James Tracy gets the steal and that look that monster did come again but that was just that was enormous that was when their big decision that had to be made the one that was 
their season kind of rested on it and uh, they did not trust their out half. Yeah, I reckon that's it, yeah. They didn't trust him. But they didn't trust him because they didn't start him after he, he didn't work out in the semi finals. JJ Hanron, who is their a great carry head half again, Billy was was picking up something mighty. And uh he came he's been starting since they lost to racing in the your Champions Cup semi final. And um I can't tell you like J- Jerry was talking last week about how I really think this guy is gonna come true. He's got his chance now and all that. He got his chance and he did not deliver. There's nothing in him. He kicked one goal and he missed like you're in a semi final against Leinster, you kick your goals. You kick the ones that are kickable. It wasn't it he missed a one that was central, about forty five meters out, and he missed that. And on thirty one minutes he was in a ruck and James Lowe came through and up and upended him and he was writing in pain on the ground, holding his hip and all that. Now, maybe he's been carrying this injury and he probably is at this stage of the season and he's been in and out of the team. So maybe he has been just not fit and he had injury problems in Northampton. But I remember looking at him going, um, OK, well, this, we'll find out what he's made of now because like, just picture Johnny Sexton in that situation. He'll just battle on through. Um, he's gone by halftime. He didn't reappear. You know, so they're out half problem and they're not getting any help. Uh, like the Ulster are going to get help with their out half Carberry's probably going to go up there as well it's look, looking increasingly but Munster have four out halves Tyler Blenhall constantly injured JJ Hannon hasn't delivered Ian Keatley in fairness to him he's such a good pro he's, he's made the best of himself he's, but that's, yeah, that's what he is yeah yeah. and uh, Bill Johnson is their young kid who really is a special talent but he's been injured a lot as well that's four out halves lads sorry we're not giving you any more not, uh, Joey Carberry is not going down like, there it would be actually probably better for Joey Carberry to go down there maybe even better for Ireland uh, for yeah. him to play with Conor Murray and, but the then time. you'd have to be switching lads up to Belfast <laughs> and all over the shop no it's not going to happen Ireland squad's out on Wednesday I'm sure Jerry actually will have a run of it and might see it in the paper in the next day or two or a read on it anyway um, whoever the out halves are going to be we'll see if Johnny Sexton's able to go great Carberry's going they don't really rest people for those tours anymore. They don't. They don't say here, Johnny. You don't need to go to Australia, kind of thing. Or, or is it more that Johnny goes here? I'm going to Australia. Well, look, there's a lot of talk about that, but and I know you're determined to kill the rugby season off, but uh, I know you are, right? And, I know, and the GA really did. How dare did, you? It did crack How into life you? this weekend. But this tour is enormous for Ireland's World in Cup. My so. blood, Gavin. <laughs> like, look at what Joe Smith's looking at. Okay. Um, this is the last time I've got them away on a three weeks before the World Cup. We're out of the country before they go to Japan. You know, the, the rest of it is the All Blacks. Okay, they go to Chicago for Italy or whatever. And the, the all, it's the All Blacks coming here. It's Dublin, Dublin, and and then a Six Nations life of its own. A three t- three three tour test against Michael Cech's Wallabies in Australia in three different cities is a quarter final, semi final, final preparation for a World Cup. I think he's going to go full metal jacket. Um, Carney, Sexton, uh, all these lads haven't been playing for Leinster last weekend. Leo Cullen said that Hencha has a chance of going on tour because of his knee, uh, despite his knee. Um, I think Schmidt will view it as... Now, he might do what he did in South Africa a couple of years ago and, as when he played Paddy Jackson at a, or when he went with different players in the mm-hmm. second test. He might give Carberry a run in one of the tests, but I think it's full metal jacket, go win the series 3-0, 2-1. I think it's hugely important for the Ireland team to to back up the Grand Slam like England did in 03 when they won the World Cup Is it really though? Isn't it just a kind of a it's just a glorified group of friendlies really isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if you don't if you don't you're just, if, you don't, if you don't want to take this seriously I just won't come on anymore like. <laughs> Well they've won the silverware is what I'm saying That, that, was, that was a dick question I've had <laughs> in fairness <laughs> I'm just trying to annoy you No Pat come on come on what else? <laughs> Uh, no, it's very important to uh, no. Everyone's see. Look, it's we've we, we went up and up and up. Grand Slam, Champions Cup, and 
I think it was a case of you probably had to. I'd, I'd love to see if you watched it on TV what you thought, but being at the game on Saturday in the RDS, I didn't go in with them that much. It was Leinster Munster, but I was like, ah, come on now. Like, I've been to a lot of big games, but the Munster fans showed up. It took on a life they, of its own then, didn't it? Yeah, they had yeah. their, there was red everywhere, in, well, there was red, patches of red everywhere. They'd clearly gotten a load of uh, Leinster season ticket holders' uh, tickets. Um, so, I again, because it was in the overflow, um, <laughs> it was very funny listening to the accents. Um, <laughs> There was like a, a Wexford lad behind me who just wouldn't shut up. Um, <laughs> a real clearly from Wexford as well. And uh, there was one stage, there was, there was the obviously the Russell Carl Kelly um, lad slagging the refs. You couldn't but hear them. Um, but there was a really good mix. It was it was like being at a GA Championship match except without the kind of the undertone of real kind of hatred. But uh, it was... Without it actually yeah. mattering, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me this, the Leinster... Is it a matter of just kind of limping to the end of the season now, one game left, win it, and and we're out the gap? Or they, they look tired, don't they? They they are they are broken in they many many places. They look tired in Bilbao. In fairness to Tyke Furlong, he looked wrecked in Bilbao. Mm-hmm. He looked not himself at all. He was pretty good. He cleaned a few lads out of rooks yeah. in this game. Put that question to Andrew, you. Andrew Porter looked like he was he was he was mummified. He had that many bandages on. Yeah, his leg was yeah really badly heavily strapped up. But um, that kid turned into a tight head prop less of just over a year ago, and his back was straight in two key scrums that Leinster got penalised. Now there's a bit of a debate, and the Munster lads were going nuts. But it looked to me that you, if your tight head's got a straight back and he's holding up, and uh, the two Ireland internationals Scannell and Kilcoyne went down first. Now, Munster lads will debate this forever, mm-hmm. but the referee and the touch judge decreed that Porter and the Lens and Keane Healy won their scrum penalty. That was impressive. Um, again, they'll fight it. They'll fight you forever about the Deegan turnover on the ground at the end because he didn't really release. But such is life. What about Isa? Isa is last on, game in the RDS. Yeah, Isa. The Leo said it afterwards. Leo Cullen said it afterwards that Isa was on one leg. Um, they, oh, sorry, James Lowe said it afterwards that he's on one leg, and Leo said we knew that he would probably not get past halfway, half time. Uh, he was still pretty good, mm. but he's been having, he's, his legs been really heavily strapped for a while. And they just it's won't. an extraordinary end to his career, Issa. I remember when he came back, it's about, what's that, like four years ago, three, four years ago. I remember Quinny was writing a column for us at the time. Uh, and Alan Quinlan. Alan Quinlan for, for the uninitiated. Uh, and even he was kind of going... Not really sure I see it here. This guy hasn't really played in a year. Why he's over thirty? Why? What is the? This isn't. This isn't assured that this is going to work. Well, he, he was wrong because he was definitely good when he came back. But uh, this season he's been injured all year. Mm. Uh, in this game and, and last week he just did a couple of the fundamentals well, like good catch, good takes, good little kind of reads. Mm. Got on the back of a James Lowe break. But they just, he means so much to the club. He's the leader of the club that they just wanted him on the pitch. Now, I'd be amazed if they can patch him up one more time. So I don't think he'll make it to the Aviva, but who knows? A lot of these, all these lads are going to lie about their fitness because they want to play this game. <laughs> Scarlets um, are, if anyone's going to do them, it's going to be the Scarlets after getting really badly beaten up by them in the Champions Cup semi-final. And Scarlets are a fine rugby team. Leinster do look knackered. look to I asked Leo, I went, okay, how do you um, get back to the standard? Like your peak really did look like the quarters and the semis. That What they did to Saracens, what they did to Scarlets. And that was, everyone was in good condition. And then it's just been going downhill ever since. They are back in Dublin. He thinks, well, look, we've got a good run in this week. We've got a week at it. We, we think we have a chance. But um, What strength of team will they pick for? 
They'll go, everybody will lie and say I'm fit. They're all going to pretend they're grand because it's, it's a final. Um, that's what they're the all about. Last game of the season. That's what they're all about. Last in game. Last game for like Jordy Murphy, who was very good on the weekend. Last game for him before he goes to Ulster. Um, I I think all these Sexton and Carney lads and all that they are very, they would be taking the Wallaby tour seriously, but they want to be on the pitch. They want to be given like they, they want to get out there. So it's if, if you're able to, you're playing. You know, um, be nice to see. Well, maybe not say what went out in his shield on on Saturday. So, he, but it would be nice to see him make the final. Yeah, it'd be nice to see the final. But do you want to see Steph Evans run around him though at the same time? Because that's what okay. probably would happen. And because that's happened a couple of times in the last few weeks, you know, where he got um, where there's a possible potential for that to happen. He got away with Teddy Thomas. I got stepped by him twice, but there was someone always waiting inside. Um, look, I'm not. But no way, I'm betting against this Leinster team. They've been phenomenal since December. Um, no matter what they've they've rolled out, they, there's enough about them. They showed it. Um, they showed it in patches that there's enough about them to go again and really produce. It'll have been an incredible season. It, it is an incredible season one way or the other, but if they pull this off now, uh, when they are so clearly battered, um, having peaked for the, I guess, for the for the semi-final of the Champions Cup was their peak, 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 mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and in the entrails of that season, to still win a Champions Cup final, to still get past Munster in the semi-final of this, and if they beat Scarlet, that's like the... There's real guts to that, apart from well, apart I'll, from our, the rest of their I'll give bounty you, I'll, I'll give you just a little example of what that guts is. Like, so we have to go back to James Ryan again, unfortunately, because he just is the revelation of this season. And it was like a couple of minutes into the game, uh, Jan Klein uh, had him at the bottom of a rook, leant on him, hand in face, big South African lock, puts this young kid into the ground. And you're like, oh, OK, this is going to be an interesting day for him. I'm talking 60 seconds later, Ryan broke out of the line and milled Klein into the ground got up off his feet released and stole the ball off him and he was just like okay next up that's, that's what's good. so they're going to go here. after yeah. they're going to go after Tyg Byrne just like they did the last day and punish him and torture him um, there's a couple of little things about them though like Jack Conan's coming back to form Gary Ringrose who hasn't been playing a lot of rugby this season he's back in back in his groove Gary Ringrose tortured Simon Zebo on the weekend went and found him and upended him a few times um, they were, there was no way they were giving him his fair, on, on their watch were they giving him his Fairydale departure to Paris mm, they do well they do well at targeting people like that and ruining their day on them. they really did they really did poor Zebo, who actually was brilliant in the, he got, came good in the second half when yeah. it mattered but it was just a little, little, little too late for them excellent well that's on this weekend uh, 6 o'clock on Saturday in the Aviva uh, thanks a million for that Gavin uh, thanks to the GA lads who were talking to earlier Ian was here and we were talking to Sean Moran um, we are that's our first Monday one done Pat yeah we enjoyed that I think so nice to have things to talk and look back and it's also nice to have Friday off that's true too yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that'd be nice uh, we'll know the real worth of this come Friday evening um, that's us for the week we'll be back next Monday if you want to get us we're on time at irishtimes.com everybody's on Twitter so tune in with us and uh, we'll see you again next week <laughs>